these days, I like to sing ridiculous things Uh, when I do karaoke. Yeah. I'm always uh, down for the, I, I learned this from Deborah Gibson back when she was with Debbie. <laughs> she said, uh, go for the most lyrics possible. Whatever song has the most lyrics, sing that in karaoke. I know. I'll do like Walk This Way. Oh, that's a goodie. It's got that, that, that note's not, that's not a low note. No. Mm. But we do it just for fun. Mm. Don't do it to sound good. Nobody does karaoke to sound good. Welcome to the Backpack Show, where we discuss what songs might be good or bad for the uh, world at large for karaoke. Hey, Greetings Coach to Coach Woodard, who has been person of the day so often that we send him a smoking jacket. I know. <laughs> smoking jacket. So who's in the house? So you might remember that not so long ago, working remotely was known as telecommuting. <laughs> so we are going to talk with Kate Browse. Kate Browse in the house. Yes, of NTI, which stands for National Telecommuting Institute. They have a program called NTI at Home that helps disabled Americans find remote work. So we're going to talk about that. That's right over there. Hi, everyone. Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz welcoming you to The Backpack Show. Your hosts, Chris Brogan, Kerry Gargone, Boom Shakalaka. Backpack Show. Hey, look, it's Frederick Faulkner the fourth. The fourth of the Faulkners. That's awesome. He might be my favorite Faulkner. I think that could be true. I think that's reasonable to say, I don't like you. I don't. <laughs> Wait hey. a second. Is that a cat that I hear? Hey, Chris, buddy. Feline invasion coming your way. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Feline invasion. I repeat, we have a feline invasion. Chris, hold very still. Do not turn your head. For the love of Pete, don't turn your head. Oh, the humanity. Cats you a, really. You had a preference today. of the one you wanted. No, it just wouldn't go. Oh. Hey. You want to make a video <laughs> show just like this? You can. See Broken Up Me slash StreamYard. Set yourself up. Make a show like this. This is great. I sold four of these yesterday. I don't know. People are like, hey, I think I'll make a video. So show. I've been answering one question at a time about StreamYard for John Michael Bailey. <laughs> oh, my God. Via email, like question, answer, question, answer. And I'm like, you know, here's the link. <laughs> it's Fun. very easy. And if you want the podcast version of the show, just go to castos.com and you can make your own podcast. But you can get ours anywhere you can listen to. Thanks to these nice people. That's that's enough yeah. beats. I think we'll do two and then we'll do some more later. Yay. Let's grab Kate Browse. Because we are going to talk about business success. <laughs> and working from other places. Hey, Kate. Hi. Um, I don't know if you know this, but last year, um, telecommuting kind of hit a spike. Like, I think some a lot of people maybe last year started doing it a little more often than they used to in the past. When you started in the 90s or whatever, this wasn't the de rigueur or whatever. This is... You, you're in a you're in a different time than the than the old days, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. NTI was founded a nonprofit in 1995, and with the express mission of helping Americans with disabilities find jobs that they could do remotely. And you know, back then, telecommuting was like people were scratching their head, like, how does that even work? And now we've been around for you know 26 plus years now, and telecommuting isn't even the word that people use anymore. So we are kind of rebranding a little bit. Instead of National Telecommuting Institute, we're kind of just NTI now. That our function is the same, and you know we do work to promote telecommuting work and at-home jobs, specifically for the disability community. But it's been a really fun journey, and I'm really happy to be here today with you guys. So thanks. Uh, we're so excited to talk about it. When people, when you say 
people with disabilities, I think people have a really specific and kind of narrow perception of what that means, but there are invisible disabilities, right? Things that other people working with you might not ever see and yet which affect your, like the way you work. Carrie, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because that is something that at NTI, we are very passionate about advocating for people with all kinds of disabilities. And that includes not only disabilities that you might be able to see, somebody that has some sort of a vision disability or a hearing disability or a you know need to use a wheelchair for mobility, things like that that you might be able to see. There are so many invisible disabilities that can be anything from asthma, to depression and anxiety, to PTSD, to Crohn's disease, to cancer. Um, the reality is that almost all of us at some point go through a disability and one in four Americans fits into the category of a disability according to the CDC. And those are the people that we want to reach and advocate for. So what kind of jobs historically were you finding for people when you first started out? what was available. Cause like we've said, it's now it's kind of everywhere, but it didn't used to be. Right. Um, in the beginning, we actually did mostly transcription services. Um, but within the first 12 to 18 months, we realized that the call and contact center space was actually a really good fit. We had a transcription department that continued until about eight years ago, I believe now, our transcription department closed. So currently we partner exclusively with call and contact centers. But the thing that's really interesting is that as technology has changed, more and more of the jobs that contact centers are offering can be done at home. And they are, can be done on things like social media and just using chat. It doesn't all have to be just phone work anymore. So somebody who may think, you know what, I just don't want to do a contact center job or I can't do a contact center job because maybe I don't have good voice quality or I'm not comfortable speaking on the phone. Those people can now use our services and work for our employer partners because the door is open and people are understanding that working at home can be very effective, both for the person who has a disability and for the companies who hire them. Your point, though, is things are shifting around. I mean, to me, uh, so again, it's 2020, so many people suddenly found themselves working remotely. And a lot of what they were dealing with is just such the, you know, table stakes stuff. It's, it's just setting the table, you know, it has nothing to do with the real other parts of working at a distance, helping your people work in remote call and, call and contact centers. You have to teach them about how to, how to manage their life around that and how, you know, what, what happens when they're off phone and, and how to help their managers understand that it's not button chair management because they're at a distance. But also, like you said, when you, when you go beyond call and contact center, there are a whole bunch of new skills out there. Are you, as you're shifting the organization, as you're, as you're moving and kind of, you know, rescoping and everything, are you going to pick up new job skill types for people to pick up or work with? Or are you going to just stick with call and contact because there's so much of it? That is a really good question. Um, and the, the answer is that as a nonprofit, we are dedicated to our mission of helping the disability community. And if that means that we need to change and pivot, then that's something that we are always looking at. We are always looking to stay cutting edge so that we are the leader. We have been the leader in this you know, little niche for 26 years now, and we want to remain there. And because remote work has just like hugely exploded because of the pandemic, we recognize that before 
people who with disabilities were much more limited when they were looking for an at-home job. And now the world is much more open. That is a really good thing. We are really happy about that. But what it means is that for the people we serve, we have to step up to the plate and get better at what we do because now people have other opportunities for that remote work. So we are going to be closely monitoring the things that we need to do to stay effective in helping the disability community that we serve. So how did you get involved with the mission, Kate? That is a great question. Um, I was lucky enough that I was um, met somebody who worked for NTI and became enamored of their mission and just kind of stayed in touch with this person over the years. And when a job opened up, I like jumped at that opportunity. And I've now been with NTA, NTI five years, and I'm so happy. And Carrie, the thing that I love most about my job is not the fact that I'm working every day to help people get jobs, but the fact that it's made me a better person because I thought I knew a little bit about disability and I thought I knew some things about the community that we were serving, but I learn every single day and it's made me a better person. It's made me more inclusive and it's opened my mind to be less judgmental, more open and not afraid to dialogue. Beyond just basic skill training, what else are you giving your people? Because I was thinking about the, when you talked about the invisible uh, disabilities, that was really interesting to me. I deal with uh, clinical depression and I, my, one of my first careers was call center stuff. So I worked for the, the phone company back in the old days. Um, there are days when if you're dealing with depression, that's not really the best place you should be is in a customer facing job. That is rapid fire, often negative customer facing. Do you train to that? We don't specifically train for any disability. However, we do have a team of job coaches, many of them that have advanced degrees in psychology and have the experience of working with a disability themselves and can coach to those things. But what we always encourage is just dialogue. Approach your employer. So the employers that partner with us, they are already on board with the fact that they are going to be hiring somebody with a disability. We always encourage that dialogue. So that means if you have depression or anxiety or whatever it is that you are dealing with, the employers that we partner with are open to saying, yes, we understand that you have that disability and we are willing to make reasonable accommodations. And that's the really important thing is that the accommodation um, discussion, the dialogue of what is reasonable and what isn't reasonable is something that sometimes both employers and employees are hesitant to approach, but that's something that NTI that we are really good at. And if you need help, whether you're the employer or the employee and you want to facilitate that discussion, we have you know, information and tips on how to do that because that's really what, what it's about. It's not okay to just say, wake up and say, I'm feeling depressed, so I'm not going to log in for my shift. But it is okay to say to your employer, there are days where I have problems and I struggle with depression. And when those days occur, I will reach out to you and let you know that today may be a challenge for me and you may need to help me find someone who can fill that slot. That is a reasonable accommodation and a discussion that is easy to have. Saying hello to Deb who's joining us. So then when you're talking about what's reasonable and what isn't, it's really like on a sort of sliding scale. Like it might seem reasonable to one person to just say, well, I told you I have issues sometimes and maybe I won't show up. But, you know, obviously that's not any way to run a business. So how do you find that right middle ground? Like as to what is if there's disagreement, I guess, about what is reasonable. 
I think what my answer to that would be that we expect our employees that complete our training to perform at or above the level of a, of a normal employee that does not have a disability. And that's what we try to help them understand, that their disability doesn't become an excuse. It's something that is real. It is part of them. We encourage them to bring their whole selves to work, but it's not an excuse for not meeting the goals. And that's why our, where that dialogue comes in, Carrie, and why that is so important is because if you say to your employer, hey, I have a little bit of trouble because I had a traumatic brain injury and it takes me a little bit longer to get up to speed to learn something. And so for the first three months, I'm going to be a little bit slower. But after that, I promise that you will be really happy that you hired me. Saying those types of things. And again, we also approach that from the employer side. So we say to our employers, look, if you are willing to give these people the chance, you're going to do better in the long run. And that's what I love to share with them because the research bears that out. There's real tangible evidence that companies that focus on diversity and inclusion do better on the bottom line. What if there's a difference between the organizational commitment to diversity and the managers? Like we know front, sometimes on the front line, like the managers don't always take all the brand messages and organizational messages to heart. So what if there's an issue there with the reasonable accommodations and the commitment to diversity? We always want to get HR involved and our HR team at NTI is always willing to have those discussions. But what it boils down to for NTI, what we have discovered is that mostly the accommodation that people need is just simply empathy and the ability to work at home for the community that we serve. Because people with disabilities who are working at home, they already live at home. Their homes are already set up. Their lives are already revolving around whatever coping mechanisms or accommodations that they need. And so employers sometimes really worry, oh, somebody has a disability. What am I going to need to do to accommodate it? And usually the biggest accommodation is just being willing to allow them to schedule their days around medications that they may need to take at a certain hour around doctor's appointments or therapy visits that they may be able to have and just being able to work at home. And that is the silver lining that we've seen of the pandemic is that that reasonable accommodation of an at-home job, it's shown out now that companies all around the world, people can work at home, employees are happy at home and they can be effective because before people were like, well, if they're at home, are they really working? But most people actually are. And the research shows that most people are much more effective working at home. So that's been really interesting. It's not like you can't tell. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like the stuff's getting done or it isn't. So <laughs> it strikes me that there's a lot you could teach people who aren't necessarily clients for NTI. It might be a little harder for the mission, but at least the the advocacy to go out and, and, and give talks on, here's what we've been doing this is what you could bring to your remote workers. This is some of what you could learn. I feel like you have decades of experience helping one particular niche of people that at least in the abstract could be really well used in a lot of other places. Does that, is the problem that that'll just dilute your mission? I don't think that will dilute our mission. We love it when organizations come to us and it's been interesting. We've had over the years, we've approached many different organizations, many of them fortune 500 companies who said, you know, we love your mission, but that at home model just can't work for us. 
And now some of them have come back because of the pandemic and said, hey, look, we have to tr transition right now to remote. We can't use your services right now, but what are some of the things that we can and need to do, can do and need to do? And those are things that we are always happy. You know, I, anyone who has heard me listen will have heard me share the story of the, um, Miracle on 34th Street, the old movie where the Macy's Santa Claus doesn't have the toy that the mom wants, so sends them down to Gimbel's. And really, that's kind of what we're like about NTI. We are here as a source of information. And if we have what you need, and if you have a disability, or you're a family caretaker of a, someone with a disability, we also serve that community, and we can help you, great. But if we can't help you, and we can point you in the direction of another um, employer that is disability friendly, or if you are an employer and we can help you understand the benefits that come from being inclusive, well, that's a win-win. We're Macy Santa Claus. Just saw a comment come in from Linda saying that most people work longer from home. So that's an interesting point. I think a lot of us discovered that during the pandemic, that there's, when you're new to working from home, Sometimes you are not as quick to draw boundaries. I feel like that could be riskier for someone with depression or anxiety issues that really needs clear boundaries to kind of function yes. well. And, and I love that they brought up that comment because that is something that we talk about at NTI. The fact that, you know, it's really easy when you leave the office and you drive away, you can leave, you know, work there. And that is much harder. And so you do have to set up those boundaries. And we have, you know, people that do that in a variety of ways. Some people have a mobile desk that they can push out of the way. Some people can just close the door to their room. But there are many people that we serve that don't have a dedicated office that may be working at their kitchen table or in their bedroom. And we teach them special skills and things that they can do to mitigate it. Something simple like taking a sheet and covering your computer when you're done for the day. So that when you look over, you're not seeing the computer, you're seeing, oh, this is the sign that I'm off work. So I don't need to go check in right now. We have to do a couple of things. So just do. a couple things really quickly. And then we'll add some things. We, we have more questions and lots of people with comments. So everybody stick around. More Kate Browse coming up. We're going to talk all about remote work. Uh, but hey, do you want to have your own <laughs> dot online domain? You can. You go to cbrogan.me slash online and you can get a dot hey. online domain for one whole buck for the first year. <laughs> the code in all caps. All hey. caps. That's C-H-R-I-S. Hey, do you ever get that feeling that Google's evil? Well, they are. So would you like a whole new search engine to use? Presearch.com. Less oh evil, more fun. Presearch.com. Hey, my <laughs> friend Mitch Jackson is streaming.lawyer. Mitch is the number one leading trial attorney in California. And Mitch is also a super uh, bleeding edge high tech guy. Front lines like drones, Google Glass, anything that shows up is new and everyone goes, hey, that's neat. Mitch is there. Clubhouse. Oh, my gosh. Massive clubhouse. following. <laughs> He's got it. So, but he also helps people who have trouble. Mitch has helped get uh, uh, settlements and awards to, to his clients. Massive numbers, massive numbers because Mitch picks the biggest challenges. That's probably why he's California's number one trial attorney. If you're in a jam, streaming.lawyer. Streaming.lawyer. <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not doing right. that ever again. Thank Cape, you. save us, Cape. <laughs> <laughs> you made me laugh, so thank you. Uh, you know, that's what I got. Deb made a point also, if working from home or anywhere helps you manage professional and personal responsibilities, you're likely to be happier and happier people tend to be productive people. 
and everyone agreed. Everyone bigger, being Elizabeth. Happier, more yeah, productive. Yeah, happier, happier, more productive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just singing Radiohead lyrics at this point. But um, <laughs> You're always singing something. Yes. I, I was kind of born and raised in the call center world. You know, like Bane was born in the darkness. Um, call centers teach us a lot of things. They teach us that it's important to be there. They teach us that um, the, the line matters. So if you just don't show up to work, it really causes a huge problem with average, you know, handling times and uh, call wait times and those sorts of things. Uh, is that part of the program as well Is teaching people who are working at NTI skills that they're going to be able to translate into non call and contact center kinds of business? That's a really interesting point. I don't think I've ever thought of it quite like that. But yeah, the things that you have to know and understand to be a good contact center agent, being able to manage your time well and be responsible, those are just life skills. So if you already have those life skills, then you're ready for that call center job. And if you don't have those life skills, but you're willing to put in the work, then having that call center job can help you with life. Absolutely. I love that idea. I was just thinking that there's just so much that translated. I mean, my mom was the uh, force management person at, at the at the phone company, and and so her job was scheduling the me's uh, to go and do our jobs. And I I once got in this car accident, and I was like, oh, mom, I don't, I don't feel like I'm going to get into work. Like I just wrecked my car, and she's like, you get to work. You know, you're on the schedule. You get there. Like as long as you're not on. I, I wasn't. I wasn't wounded. <laughs> it's probably because she's your mom, though. She's get like, get your raggedy seat. ass out of exactly. get to work. So I went, I went, but just so you know, um, I did want to point out, by the way, that if we wanted to become famous, we could buy <laughs> followers and primes and viewers on bigfollows.com. Anybody Can't come wait. to bigfollows.com. Thanks, Longhorns. <laughs> I wow. feel famous when Twitch people come in, Twitch robots come in. That's... I don't know. Deb says, dress for work as if you were going to an offsite office and put on your comfy clothes or PJs to signal that work is finished for the day. I would How's do that, that work, work it out for you, Chris? Um, yeah. I would... <laughs> I, I signal the end of my day by putting on pants. The end of your day? On. Yeah, I put them on at the end of the day because then I can go out of my house. That makes sense. Um, so, no, I have another question. Kate, let's rip open your LinkedIn. What the heck were you doing before <laughs> M- NTI? Like what you, you seem to have a certain set of, particular set of skills, as Liam Neeson would say. What have you done? <laughs> I have had a lot of different things in my life. Um, I had a degree in English. And when I graduated, I was like, what am I going to do with English? And I worked in the publishing world for a while, which was a lot of fun. But I left the publishing world to become a mother. And when I was ready to go back to the workforce, all of the skills that I had had, like working on Quark, most of you are going to shrug your shoulders, but any of you had ever been out there in publishing, you might you know, know what Quark was you know, 25 years ago. I was like, what am I going to do? And how am I going to remake myself? And I was lucky enough that I kind of just you know, followed a stream that led me right here to NTI, where I am today. And I get to use all of my abilities to communicate well and to think creatively and to advocate for others, which is what I've always done. I've always wanted to advocate for the underdog ever since I was really little. When I was in second grade, if if you'll bear with me, there was a girl who moved into my second grade classroom and she was from Germany and she didn't speak any English at all. And I remember my teacher, when she was showing her around the classroom, she would do things like open the door to the bathroom and then really loudly and slowly say, this is the bathroom. And I remember thinking that is not going to help. 
I wanted to do something that would help. And I had a speak and spell. So I brought my speak and spell to school and I loaned it to my friend. And that was what I knew how to do to advocate when I was all of eight years old. But that's why I love my job at NTI because I love learning and I love advocating. And as I mentioned earlier, working at NTI has made me a better person because it's opened up my eyes to things that I hadn't thought of before. I also think that you would make an incredible voiceover talent. I am thinking that you would do so great uh, at uh, animated shows, like kids, like to tweens age shows. You have a very, very expressive voice. And I was Wait, just thinking, you connect me. I would love to do that. <laughs> uh, we when, will connect you with John Bailey, epic voice guy, and maybe give you the ideas. Of where and out comes the yellow card, and that one's got Gorgon's name all over it, just as I suspected. Do you yellow card out. yourself? <laughs> I know. I, that no, shouldn't I even be saying, in there. We don't even need one. Voiceover talent. It wasn't that she, had, you said she, <laughs> said she said she is a teen voice. <laughs> no, a voice that, you know, or she could do narration for like those teen kind of shows, like like Teen Titans Go in that level of thing, you know? That's what I was saying. Like do not I have a young sounding kids. voice. Yes, but also, um, but that is still, you know, exciting and interesting enough. Like there's a certain, like there's ages. Like so when you have little kitty voices, they need like a whole different set of things than like teen and tween voices need to, to listen Let to process. Find a shovel and hand you have it. A very processable voice. That's all. And maybe it's all the call center training and stuff. Maybe it's all the having to teach people, you know, the voice with a smile and all that sort of thing. At you least know, your mom didn't even tell us what she was thinking when she made you go to work after a car accident. I feel like I want to comment about that from her. No, you know, she, she might not. Who knows? There was a, you know, it was a wreck. <clears throat> so anyway, back to Kate. And her current job, not my future intent for her job. Um, one other question I had is, so on the stat that Carrie keeps showing is that in 2019, you served 600 people. Uh, would it be safe to say it went up a little in 2020 or did it go down it a little in 2020? 2020 was our best year ever. And it was really interesting because it was our 25th year. And in celebration for that, we had decided that we wanted to serve a larger portion of people within the disability community. And prior to 2020, we had worked mostly with vocational rehabilitation offices and the Social Security Administration. So if you weren't working with one of those, you probably didn't know about our services. And in 2020, we opened up our doors to serve not only that population, but also anyone with a disability who maybe had never thought about working with a vocational rehabilitation counselor or never intended to apply for benefits from the Social Security Administration because of their disability. So that was an increased population that we opened our doors to. And we opened our doors also to family caretakers of the disabled. Over the years, we had so many different people contact us and the talk track would go something like, hi, I'm caring for my uncle who is a disabled veteran and I need to stay at home. Can I get a job with you? And we had to say no. Or we would hear, I have a child with a disability and I need to stay home to care for my child. Can I please get a job through you? And our mission did not allow for that. But in 2020, we opened our doors to obviously a much larger population, having no idea that a global pandemic was on the horizon. So yes, you can imagine 2020 was our best year ever. And it opened up so many new doors for us with employer partners and people within the disability community and their family caretakers. And we are poised to grow a lot and we're really happy about that 
So then what's next? Like what's now that you know what's possible kind of through 2020, how many more partnerships are potentially available? What's your next stretch goal? Our next goal that we are working towards for the disability community is that people who don't have the ability to use their voice are a population that we haven't been able to serve or people who might not have good voice quality. And because there now are so many organizations that say, yeah, remote work is thing a thing and we can do that. And there are so many call centers that are now offering jobs that are chat only or email only or online only through all of those digital media. That's an organization that and, and a niche that we are looking to partner with specifically because that will enable us to open our doors and serve a larger population that historically we've only had a very few number of jobs for. So that's something that we are excited about. So earlier in the show, we'd asked the question, Carrie had asked the question about hidden disabilities, and Elizabeth showed up just a tiny bit late, so she missed that part. However, she did add a question, which would be worth asking, which is, I'm curious about how do you advocate for hidden disabilities? So I'm curious if you have any thoughts on that part. Yeah, we love we love the term hidden disability or invisible disability. And those are the things that are very real. Um, and that's something that I think a lot of people still have to learn. And I am rather ashamed, I will admit, my ignorance about invisible disabilities prior to coming to NTI. But that's something that we've really changed our focus over the past five years or so at NTI. We really advocate for hidden disability. And if I can just share briefly with you how it's changed my life. So this is, this is personal. This isn't something professional. So prior to my life at NTI, if I were standing in line for a bathroom or I walked into a bathroom and the disability stall was open, I was like, score, I have more room to move around. I am taking that right now. That stall is mine. Now, I never go into that stall unless there's no other stall open. And if there is a line behind me, and that is the one stall that comes open, I will ask everyone standing behind me in line, excuse me, does anyone else need this before I do? Because there could be somebody who is standing in line with a hidden disability that needs that stall much more than I do at that time. And that's just something really little, but that is something that I have learned through my advocacy at NTI, specifically for invisible disabilities and hidden disabilities. So you've developed as a person as a result yeah. of your work. and But I feel like you had to have the right kind of personality, frame of mind, a desire to do good in the world, that kind of thing, to work for a place like NTI to begin with. You can't come to it like a total jerk, insensitive to other people and hope right. that it will make you better. Like you, you already, no. we know from a young age, had compassion for others. Yeah. And that's, that's what's made NTI such a good fit for me. I think it's, I wake up every day excited to come. And part of it is because I get to have these conversations with wonderful people like you. And there aren't many people out there that are lucky enough to be able to share with an audience day after day. Hey, this is what you can be do to be more inclusive. And guess what? The benefit is that all of us in society benefit. And that's the reality is that when we're inclusive, People who have disabilities, they have really unique skills and mindsets because they've had to learn to navigate the world in unique and individual ways. And they bring that to their interactions with the rest of us. And that makes all of us better. You are absolutely right. We have come to a certain part of the show. Oh, and here's our person of the day. Kaboom! I 
am going to give it to Linda just because I haven't seen her around enough and I need Linda here more often. Most people also work longer from home is what she said back then. That's as an important uh, point. Really, it was important. Um, all right. So we are at the question we've asked everybody from Sir Mix-a-Lot to Sister Anne Flanagan to Horacio Garcia Rojas, who has his big debut in his uh, zombie fighting movie on Friday on Amazon Prime. Is I it Friday? It's Friday. So He's so lovely. Everybody oh, should support him. Fine Horacio feature actor. Garcia Rojas. From uh, Mexico City. We asked this question. What goes in your backpack? It could be something physical. It could be something metaphorical. So it could be something like hope or an avocado. Carrie, what's something physical you could throw on in? Extra set of teeth. Oh, that would probably be a good physical thing to add. Mm -hmm. Do you have any idea for something metaphorical we could add to a backpack? Uh, When pressured? Kindness, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty good one. Kate Browse, what are you going to add to the backpack? I'm going to take a bottle of water because I always think better when I'm hydrated. Mm, I think a bottle of water is a pretty darn good answer. It's We've awful always... heavy, though. <laughs> Depends how big Just one the bottle. bottle is. <laughs> right, it could be a very smallish bottle. That's true. So, it's fair. Well, that was the thing. Um, yeah, my grandmother worked in paper mills and they didn't exactly have kind of a work at home version of working in paper mills. She made toilet paper, paper towels and tissue. Um, but she always talked about the idea that, you know, maybe one day with just the right technology. feel like during the early stages of the pandemic lots of people wanted to make toilet paper at home <laughs> you know it i think that's reasonable hey guess what 